How are we how are we right now? Yeah, I'm good. How are you from my good? I'm good. It's just when you started talking, it kind of was like cutting out, and I wanted I want us to hit it proper because I'm liking the energy already. Let's see. Today's conversation is with Tyler Schmidt. Tyler is the right-hand man of Gary Vaynerchuk, the founder of VaynerX. We talk about music, esports, and the brand 1.37pm, as well as a number of other topics. To start off, actually, uh, went on your Twitter uh, this morning, um, nice. and you had Playboy Cardi, uh, and the caption was, uh, walk on me. Explain that yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, so, walk on me is actually... Like it's a term I use with my boys and a lot of it is actually, it, it kind of is from Call of Duty a little bit, but we, we would always like, it comes from talk on me, which is like talk to me. It's just a slang, slang term where we, we would always say like with me and my boys walk on me, talk on me. And uh, it, it, I don't even know what the hell the meaning would be. I, I just think it's like um, talk to me, which is like, talk to me is a more familiar um slang where it's like if you hear something like good news or something you're like okay talk to me talk to me like tell me more so if like we would hop on and play call of duty first that you get into the lobby of call of duty and everyone's like walking right so it'd be like I, like when we're on like all right talk to me talk to me and then you're like walk on me walk on me so that's just what it yeah is. yeah generally I, I it's it. like a and, and that song playboy cardi in general same with like uzi just like fires me up so that that's what that is is just a slang term for me and my boys yeah, yeah. another version of like talk to me yeah yeah and uh what else is on the rotation right now if you're playing that you're playing some fire dude i it's so funny i um what have i been listening to actually literally i paused just for you but i i listen to i go from either hip-hop old school hip-hop uh schoolboy q I was I've been listening to recently. Obviously, that new Travis Scott song, um, Russ. I always love Russ. Some Nipsey, and then I, I listen to classical music. Like, is like, also I I run yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm running, and I'll yeah. literally go from like that Playboy Cardi song to like a Disney theme song to like some like real like deep classical old school music. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm all over the map. Yeah, same. I'm so different. Like, I, I go from, like, American country, which is weird for an Australian, to, like, rap, yep. hip-hop, to, like, Australian DJs, EDM, yeah. house. It's just, Hell like, yeah. whatever time of day, whatever whatever it is. It's exactly right. Um, you were talking about, uh, like, Call of Duty, esports. Um, mm-hmm. Before we sort of go into that, because I know you're, 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 you're dialed in on that, um, for people that aren't familiar, who are you? Um, and, and what do you do? Obviously, um, you work for a, a pretty famous guy right now, um, mm-hmm. but people probably don't know the, the role of, of an admin and what you actually do. Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Tyler Schmidt. I'm, uh, I'm from a town uh, just 12 miles outside Manhattan, Montclair, New Jersey. Um, and I'm back here now in my childhood bedroom for seven weeks today, actually, um, due to the, the pandemic and all that's going on typically live in Manhattan. Um, and I've been working at VaynerMedia, uh, the company I work at now, um, and, and for Gary Vaynerchuk for uh, six and a half years now it's been actually, which is crazy. It feels like a day um, for the most part. And, and my day-to-day role is, you know, my official title 
it is office of the CEO, but it's kind of just something we, we put together. I, I exist, you know, my, my day-to-day primary function is, uh, is just Gary's right hand man. Um, I help him scale his relationships. I help make sure that he's on point in projects that, that we're working on. Um, kind of can operate on the front lines and, and be kind of um, his eyes and ears and, and stand in for him in meetings or phone calls, um, deal with stuff in his personal life, you know, help him facilitate certain things, whether it's kids or family, um, friends, uh, go to Jets games with him. So really almost just kind of like a consigliere, chief of staff, uh, all encompassing, you know, I think when, when you, any, any, what I've, found and built great relationships with these individuals is that any incredibly successful individual typically has someone that's been right right by their side long term that's just behind the scenes and and able to uh to do whatever the hell is needed because they understand really the vision and what they're trying to accomplish and it just comes down to being able to not ask questions and just the speed is there they just understand yeah for sure and um Obviously, before um, getting to VaynerMedia, there's a little bit of a story about working um, in the hospitality industry. Do you want to have a little, little go yeah. at that for a minute? Yeah. So I, um, in co- you know, I grew up working in restaurants always. I come from a really big family. Hospitality service was always something very interesting to me. My mother, you know, always took great pride in like you know, our house being homey and welcoming to everyone. My dad was one of nine. So he grew up in a household where there's just always people there, constant action, commotion that translated to hospitality and service to me. I enjoy kind of being of service to people. Um, you know, like the difference of when you go into a restaurant and you have an amazing waiter or waitress versus a shitty one just changes everything. Um, and, and so when I graduated Penn state, I went to work in the hospitality industry it's just kind of right when like Chipotle was kind of becoming relevant um, in mass culture and, uh, you know, felt fast cash. No one was going out to eat lunch and sit down in the world anymore. They're going and picking up fast casual and bouncing. So I uh, started working at a, a place, Taco Truck. Um, they had one small brick and mortar restaurant and uh, opened up their flagship for them. Uh, and we built that whole thing out, got it up and running, trained the staff. Um, and shortly after i just realized it wasn't what i wanted to be doing i didn't want to operate restaurants i wanted to be involved in the social the tech you know the how do i get people in the door versus kind of service them how do i make the brand resonate over time um and then that was kind of what the catalyst that led me to getting an introduction to the vayner vayner world and vayner ecosystem and when i started working at the agency i didn't know who gary was or or um you know his past in the wine world or or his kind of you know, uh, you know, record in, in social and tech. And then we linked up and kind of took it away from there. I became his brother's assistant and then his assistant, which was kind of like a return to the hospitality service routes for me. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to now, um, where are we? 2020. Um, yeah, crazy times, COVID-19, but, um, your, your hands are in a bunch of different pies these days. Um, Speaking of COVID-19, everyone's at home. Have you sort of been looking at IG Lives? Did you see Tory Lane's quarantine radio? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your thoughts on that and how, how he decided to start that and then releasing his music, you know, basically? Yeah, the uh, my, my thoughts are on is that 
on the on the production side, on the content side, on the distribution side, um, all this has done is removed the excuses um, for creators or big businesses uh, to care about anything other than creating content that is going to resonate with the consumer. Meaning, like, Tory Lanez could have done that before. Like, like, and and I come from the school, you know, I've just learned from Gary because he does it. You know, like Tory Lanes and his label and management and whoever, you know, would have spent weeks wondering who's going to pay them to sponsor the IG Live. How many people are going to tune in? If he does that, is it going to devalue his live show? Da, 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 all this and other thing. And then he would have never went live. Guess what? Now, none of that matters because brands aren't are going out of business. So they don't have the money to sponsor it. He can't perform live anyway. And if he doesn't do it, he's going to lose connection to his fans. So he did it. And guess what? It worked. I just think it would have worked anyway. But everyone wants to, you know, make the money and then build versus build and then make the money. And so even this, we could have done, you could have started your podcast way before. You know, but, and, and that's, that's good. Like what I'm thinking about the whole pandemic is like humans are creatures of habit and like the hardest thing is to break habits, right? Even in careers, you know, people stay at places forever. You become one trick ponies. Humans are conditioned habitually that just because you exist for one year, you're supposed to get a raise. You're supposed to go from 10th grade to 11th grade, 11th grade to 12th grade junior analyst analyst senior analyst all that has just been completely disrupted at the same time everyone's habit loops are broken everyone had to move or do this or do that differently you know i I can only think of the drug addicts you know that can no longer get their supply all of a sudden boom right the entire world shifted that could be turn out to be a blessing there's definitely downsides and negatives to all this but like when i see toy lanes or i see this podcast you know like everyone's just got to reinvent themselves and it's just a speeding up of what was already going to happen. All the tech is there. You know, anyone could have recorded a podcast anchor, right? Not long ago, done it right on your phone, you know, FaceTime, all of a sudden people are FaceTiming each other could have been FaceTime, you know? So like, uh, to me, it's just like, of course. And what's happening is excuses are being removed for big production budget, or let's get a brand to sponsor it before we do it. Yeah, for sure. And um, obviously through this period of time, you've been involved um, with the All In Challenge um, mm-hmm. or, or Gary, one of Gary's um, really philanthropic, philanthropic, I should say. Um, and so yeah. that's been, you know, um, gained a lot of public attention. Do you want to go into the background of that? And then, you know, what yeah. goes on behind the scenes? Yeah, of Getting totally. something like that together. Yeah, I think, you know, the, it's a total indication um, you know, from the first time the all in challenge was mentioned or came up and it really is, is a baby of Michael Rubin from fanatics and all credit to him in terms of how he pulled this off. But I think maybe six days went by from like, we're going to do this thing. This is an idea. This is an idea I have on a zoom call like this to it being live on site and social and like really massive amounts of resources and undertaking i mean building the site alone huge massive undertaking that unless you're in these conditions probably would have been debated at length months gone into it right um 
then getting the talent involved, you know, typically, all right, let's, you know, be respectful of their time, all this stuff, these conditions happen, boom, no, we got to move, we got to close. So um, it's, uh, it's been wild. I mean, for me, I'm fortunate every single day to be able to be in the room where I'm not the smartest person. I'm far from it. Um, that's a gift. And, and I take that and it's been, it's been challenging as a human, it's an intense project. You know, I think at, you know, this time right now, we all uh, have a little more mental strain. You know, the fear of the unknown is greater than ever for anyone. Um, and so, you know, in a world where everyone maybe needs a little bit more time, you know, we've been at full go mode. I'm busier than ever, um, especially in terms of the gaming side of the thing. Like that whole world has just exploded. Um, so it, it's been challenging. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, if I look right now, we're, uh, we're north of $25 million raised in, uh, in just $26 million raised in just over 14 days. And that money's getting distributed currently. We've distributed over $10 million, I think $12 million now to, to help food, uh, food insecurity. And, and so it's been great. I, you know, it, the beauty of the position that I'm in is that if you told me 21 days ago, that I was going to be on the front lines of a digital fundraiser. Uh, it's just not something I would have ever thought, you know, in the same way of uh, be a manager to one of the, you know, literally the MVP player of the year in all of esports. Wouldn't have told you that either, but I just am able to navigate and stay curious. And Gary puts me in a position to be able to take these opportunities. And I always just want to grasp them. Just like when you hit me up and say, do you want to do the podcast? I'm like, this sounds interesting. Yeah, why not? And yeah. then we, you know, we got to schedule it and snafu and all that. But that's, you know, for me, the only reason I've gotten to the place I'm at, and I don't by any means think I'm like in a huge spot is just by saying yes and staying curious. Yeah. And you talk about gaming, um, your hands in, uh, the one thirty seven PM pie, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and also, um, the, the, um, esports team that, that Gary owns. Um, mm -hmm. do you want to talk about one thirty seven PM, what you're trying to achieve with that? And then, yeah. So, um, the Minnesota call of duty team. Yeah. So one thirty seven PM, um, Gary acquired a publishing, uh, company called, uh, which he acquired a publication pure. Wow. Um, a uh, gentleman named Ryan Harwood founded, um, and was one of the leading, uh, women's lifestyle publications, you know, digitally forward, um, versus kind of print. And, you know, when he purchased that, it was built out a publishing arm of our, you know, media advertising, you know, holding company. Um, and then we launched its brother, you know, its mail component, which we called one thirty-seven PM and kind of represents, you know, own your future, start this minute. It's for the, the modern day male, 15 to 75. We, we, undefined, but it's for someone like yourself who sees an opportunity and takes it, you know, and, and understands that you don't need anyone or anything to, to reach the, the success or happiness, you know, that you want longer the days of, you know, cool. You want to do a podcast. You got to work 17 years for someone to say, yeah, okay. Now you can talk into the mic. You can just plug the mic into the internet and start talking and distributing it. Um, and so uh, what it, it is, is um, it's a brand that we are trying to build for the modern day mail and, and it foster a community 
of positivity, of potential, of um, you know being a platform to put on for the emerging, um, for the up and comers, you know, for those next in line, um, and and really champion you know what is deemed success, what is deemed cool, you know, for the new generation, and that's not cash, money, cars, you know, hot women. It's you know mental strength, happiness you know, winning on your own accord, work ethic and, and all those things. And that's not to say um, Supreme isn't dope, like, and what they've done and built that brand and like the work that goes into it. But rather than saying, hey, flash your Supreme for $25 or, you know, that for $2,500 that you bought, it's more like, here's the story of how this thing got built, you know, and oh, by the way, that pack of Supreme Oreos that came out last week that you could have bought for 15 bucks is now selling for 75. You know, you need some money. There's a flip, there's a hustle in there in and of itself. So that's kind of, that, that's kind of all things 1:37 PM. And I've been able to sit at the, the helm and from a leadership and, and vision perspective now, um, which has been pretty, pretty fun. And has that sort of, have you seen some momentum really taking shape um, the early stage of 2020, um, you know, through January? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny, like the, the, the brand is almost a microcosm of itself. Um, and in any new business or venture, you, you just in, are in constant learning mode. And so it's had its ups, it's had its downs, it's had its changes, it's had its kind of reskins. But and really, you know, during this time, we had to really take a step back and, and think about what we were doing, what we were trying to accomplish and how we were trying to accomplish it. Um, and we feel really, really good about about where we're going with things in the community we're building. Yeah, for sure. And um, right now, people have a lot of time. They're playing a lot of video games. Um, you manage an esports player. Um, you're you're locked in with um, Gary's esports team. Um, where do you see esports um, right now in terms of people are people are playing esports and people are saying, you know because of COVID-19, that's mm-hmm. why esports has been on the rise. But, but did you see that before, e- uh, before COVID-19? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of confusion in terms of, uh, and it's fine and it's all good of esports versus gaming. Me and my boys hopping on and playing Call of Duty is not esports. You know, like that's, that's like saying that, um, you know, you go into the park and playing hoops with your boy, like that's playing basketball. That's not you know, being a professional basketball player, right? Um, from an esports perspective, people, one thing that I've just learned from, from Gary so much is people lose perspective of time and history. And, you know, I think the Jordan doc's been a cool example. Jordan is, an, is a living dude, like middle-aged dude, right? Like right now he's like, I don't even know. Is he 50 maybe? when Michael Jordan was a rookie in the NBA, like the court was busted as hell and the lower bowl and the arena was not full at all. Like the wooden seats and like, and that's not that long ago, you know? And then people like sit back and they're like, why would anyone ever watch a video game? People play video games. People say the same people that have never put on pads and played football, but are a massive diehard NFL fan are the same people that say, why would you ever put, watch people play video games? And it's like, you watch people play football, You've never played football before. Why is that any different? It's just because they don't have the perspective of it wasn't always there. 
you know it's just and it's just another form of entertainment and i think gary takes very long perspectives i think that there's probably a, a pretty it's probably overvaluation in terms of the marketplace right now, just based on how the economy has been over the last 10 years in terms of just healthy and people throwing money around at things and leverage and all this. Um, but at the same time, we're not invested in esports for returns in the next two, three, four years. We're invested in esports for 20 years from now for the learnings of it all. Um, and then, you know, on the gaming side of things, like I just am fascinated. Not only do I, you know, have the, the, you know, fortune to represent the, the top, you know, the reigning MVP in esports right now, um, Boga. Um, but I think what Fortnite is building from a metaverse, um, in terms of, you know, this alter world, this other ecosystem where in 18 months time, me and you will be able to log on to Fortnite go into their party royale mode, which doesn't mean people are going to be shooting at us all the time and record this podcast while we're fucking around in, in a, you know, different world. And that's wild. And then, you know, over in this place, they might be playing, you know, the next Avengers movie and we can pull up and watch it and talk to each other. Like that's gaming and that's entertainment. And, you know, everyone sits around and says, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. You know? And like, here we are, and Tesla people are going to be driving electronic cars. And you just forget why Ford's never going to go away. Da, da, da. Yeah, for sure. And um, how, how, did, how did that relationship of, of you and, and your, your esports athlete, you know, start? Yeah. And, and how, how did it cultivate to a point where, you know, it was just a simple conversation? Hey, do you want to look after me? Yep, yep, done. Yeah. So, um, I wish it was that, that easy. Um, it, it really came about and was birthed, um, with, uh, like most things, serendipity and, and happenstance, uh, Kyle, the, the day he won the Fortnite world cup, I did not have any relationship with him. Fortnite world cup was, you know, at the time, the probably biggest, culturally relevant moment in all of esports meaning and there's a healthy debate of whether fortnite's an esport or not um but it's a prized competition and he won the largest single purse ever for a competitive video game at 16 years old coming from a middle-class family in the rolling hills of pennsylvania shows up in queens new york you know and in a competition that 40 million people entered he came out on top he then was, you know, in New York City for the, the tour, um, kind of media tour and, and, you know, just letting his life come together after, you know, everything changed within the course of two hours. Um, and someone in his family had a relationship with a gentleman, Reed Bergman, who runs uh, Vayner Talent um, and with, with Lindsey Blum. Uh, they had a relationship and they were just looking for some advice um, as they knew they would have to get agents and this, everything would change. And, you know, we did not pick up the phone and say, Hey, we want to represent you. They came to him looking for advice. Um, and it was, I think he won on a Wednesday. No, he won on a Sunday. They came in on a Tuesday. I think he did Fallon on Monday night, Monday. He came in on Tuesday night late and uh, we're all sitting around a table big conference room Gary's in there we're all jamming shooting the shit it wasn't really about us hey making a pitch or representing him um 
I was just like, congrats, this is awesome. And, you know, we're a digital agency that looks at any and all opportunities. And uh, as everyone's talking, he's tired. I'm like, yo, let's, can I interview you for 1.37 p.m.? And so I took it outside with him and we just started shooting the shit and, and got to know each other. And then over the course of, that was July, over the course of the next 10 weeks, you know, him and his family went through the process of, every major agency, you know, looking to sign him and court him. And we stayed part of the conversation as we, as you know, we got closer, Reed got closer with the family. It was like, Hey, I think we, you know, we want to take a crack at this and we, we pitched them as well. And, and they signed with us and um, you know, it's been, it's nine months, 10 months, nine months since he, he won the thing. And um, you know, we're still really just getting going. There's been some, foundational stuff we've had to unwind to to kind of build a, a, a proper future for him he's uh you know signed with a, an organization a team the sentinels uh great guy rob moore who, who's big you know ex-hollywood executive and um got some exciting announcements coming out for him in the future and you know the potential's through the roof for that kid he, he's he's a really dynamite uh dynamite cat 17 year old kid that's just got his head on his shoulders and loves to compete yeah, for sure. Future's bright for him. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on like text messaging platforms? Um, you know, getting to someone's yeah. phone is like as yeah. close as you can to them. Um, what are your thoughts on you know people and text messaging platforms? So, uh, um, as I look, I have 141 unread text messages, which is like a lot. But then other people, the majority of people keep at zero on red. I think text is the most intimate form of communication probably right now. Um, but it's unwinding completely. Brands are getting let in. The second Apple rolled out iMessage, you know, meaning it's not directly tied to a phone number. It's internet-based now and you don't even need a you don't even need a, a, a contract with Verizon. You just need an Apple device to be able to send text messages. Um, in my opinion, text messaging is the next big social platform. I think Fortnite and what they're building is a social platform, but I see text as a social platform. I see, you know, 1.37 PM is in the business. Gary really is a big champion of this, but we send media and content directly to people on their text that they opt into. Um, I also think there's a world where, you know, now with Apple Pay and Apple, you know, you have an ecosystem that allows, you know, penny transactions. Um, and so, you know, for me, I see a world where I would actually pay a user to take my text message. So if I'm Chipotle, you know, and I serve an ad to someone, you know, or, or text them, they let me in on text and I pay them three cents every time I text them and it's a $3 coupon and they come in and spend 10 bucks. Like it's all, the whole game is just, you know, vague. Right. And so I think it's a social platform that's going to have currency tied to it. And, you know, you even have, you know, in Apple, some people do it, but again, unknown senders and senders and, and known senders up top. Right. So you can like set up filters, the whole thing. And I just, it's, not long, you know, not that long ago, you would never get a piece of mail to your home that you didn't know exactly who it was coming from. Then that opened up. Now you get bills and shit, wazoo, cold mail. 
then yeah. your home phone, cold callers, then your email. Only knew who was emailing you, then it opened up. Text yeah. message is going to be the exact same thing. And, yeah. and it's just the writing's on the wall. And, and that's where I, what I think about, about text. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know to finish up, where do you think Reddit fits in all of this? I know you're a big Reddit guy. I'm you love it. Huge Reddit guy and only get it more. Um, I think uh, information has been uh, democratized. And I think that, you know, the majority of our societies have been built on hoarding information. And then the people with information charge the others and like information was wealth. And, you know, there was like classes built on like, do you have the encyclopedia or no, you know? And like now it's just all right there. And to me, like the most honest, truthful, real information can be found on Reddit, you know, to me, like, right. Like um, recipes or, you know, gardening or construction work, woodworking, how to brew your own beer. Um, you know, like it, Google, Google created the search functionality. Reddit is actually personalized. So like the AI, because Reddit is like information with human context overlaid and human context is incredibly powerful. And that's why humans will always win and dominate whenever bots or robots come. They're just not going to be ever be able to have the same synapses that think. And so it's contextualized information. I think Reddit is like, all-time dynamite and community yeah. and it's built yeah. on community it's built on community and people becoming friends and information exchange and for positivity and growth you know and so that's back at 137 p.m like i'm trying to build a community not a brand but the brand is a community yeah for sure um i've only sort of started to get into reddit and once you get in that hole it's like days game over by. bro yeah it's <laughs> like yeah i can live in here yeah you know? for sure. yeah um, appreciate so. your time, man. Don't want to uh, take any more of your time. Um, being a pleasure shooting this shit. Um, right back at you, brother. Thank you for, for allowing me to come on and ramble. 